This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today the topic of this podcast is hospitality and how to create a great guest experience that will give you plenty of five-star reviews and happy guests and happy hosts. A happy guest is a happy host, I will say. I've got a real expert today on the show. I'm super excited. His name is John Oden. And together with his wife, Ellen, they run four properties and they own the brand stayinthesouth.com. It's also a website. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jasper. It's a thrill to be here. I listen to so many of your podcasts, and I'm just delighted to, to be on one. Thanks for the opportunity. You are very welcome, and I really appreciate you taking the time. And John has prepared really well. He has sent me a list of 22 items that we, we are going to discuss if we make it through all the way to the end. And so we're going to jump right in. So, John, we're going to talk about how you've created this amazing guest experience. Uh, you're doing 93% five-star reviews in, each on, in the total of your properties, which is really amazing. And I can tell from all the points that you've sent me that you've, you're really into just providing guests with the optimal experience. And so, before we get into that, could you please introduce yourself and your business Absolutely. I'm, I'm John Oden, and I and my wife together own and operate stayinthesouth.com, and we self-manage and own our own vacation rental properties, both in Nashville, Tennessee, and down in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. That Nashville and Tampa connection came about due to my work, which for quite some years has had me down in that area about one week out of every month for the last quite a few years. So it's almost like it's become a second home. And uh, we got interested in acquiring property down there. So that's how we got some there as well as up here. Very cool. Do you own all your properties? We do. Uh, at this point, every property that's, that shows up on our website, those are properties that, that we own. We have considered going out and managing for others and possibly may do that at some point in the future. But right now, we, we own all that we, that we have listed. And how, what's the driver of your success, would you say? Well, I guess several things. I've always been fascinated by real estate, starting with the home that, that I owned and, uh, and lived in for, for many years and enjoyed living in it and making improvements and working on real estate. So really the, the fundamental underlying thing here is that, that I enjoy real estate. And in addition to my own home many years ago, I've had a small portfolio of traditional long-term rentals that, that I've upgraded and maintained over the years. And uh, some years ago, we started to use uh, Airbnb when we traveled as a guest. So we saw the guest side of it first and uh, we thought, you know, Hey, we could do this. And uh, these properties are really nice and they're in some cool locations. And uh, we'd like to maybe switch over from what we've been doing 
and do this. And uh, we did. We, uh, we acquired, and every one of the properties that we've acquired, they were just an absolute mess when we took them over and bought them. They were run down. They were, uh, I mean, actually every case, they were unlivable. And uh, using the knowledge that I had gained over the years about rehabbing uh, real estate, we applied that to these short-term rentals and uh, got them up and running one by one. And uh, that's really kind of how we got started with it. Great. So let's dive into today's topic and why is this so uh, important? Uh, guest experience, of course, is a very important step towards five-star reviews and more bookings and hospitality is as well. And, you know, when I started with Airbnb, I did not know anything about hospitality, but I did realize that it is important. Um, if you look at people who work at hotels, they have you know, hospitality and hotel management degrees, but we as Airbnb hosts, we just get our feet wet in the hospitality business by just creating a listing, putting it online. And I think there's a lot to learn in, in this, uh, on this topic. And it's, it's just really important. There's a, a lot more to Airbnb hosting than just creating a listing and handing the keys to your guests. So we're going to get into the real material here. So John, you've sent me a whole list of of points and they're all excellent. Let's uh, let's just start with the first one. You you told me you really focus on building a great guest experience, and the first step to doing so is to nail the basics: cleanliness. Absolutely, uh, cleanliness. Uh, really, nothing else matters if cleanliness is not there. And we have been blessed with wonderful housekeepers in both areas, both in Nashville and down in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, we stress to them, and, uh, and, and they're all about it, that cleanliness is job one. And we're really fanatical about that, and we impress that upon our housekeepers who are doing wonderful work anyway, but we've um, sort of tweaked what they do a little bit in, in, in a few areas. So, uh, so that's just vitally important. Without cleanliness, nothing else happens and nothing else matters. Could not agree more. The next point is technology. Yeah, well, that's also very important. Um, these days, and it sort of surprises me a little bit that people go on vacation and, and the first thing they want to do is get on Wi-Fi and watch TV, but that's the reality and it's really important. So uh, we make sure that in all of our properties, we get the fastest Wi-Fi that we can. We make sure that it works all throughout the house and in most of the outdoor spaces. Uh, we put TVs up everywhere. That's actually been a recent round of upgrades that we have, uh, have been doing both in our newest property and then we circle back around to one of our first ones and made sure that we put uh, HD TVs, uh, obviously in the living areas, but also in all of the bedrooms. And uh, the last round that we installed, we started putting in 4K TVs and uh, made sure that the uh, remotes were easy to use and we provided instructions for our guests so that they could use them. And um, you know, technology is, is very important for entertainment, but we also have a lot of business travelers and obviously they need Wi-Fi for that too. So vitally important, uh, right behind cleanliness in my opinion. Absolutely. And I've actually just requested my team in Cali and Colombia where I'm renting out a penthouse to take a picture of the TVs while the Netflix logo is showing. So that way people can immediately see that there's Netflix installed on the TVs. And that's yeah, something absolutely. that uh, I think is important, especially for the younger generations. I mean, they don't mm -hmm. watch TV, they watch YouTube, they watch right. Netflix, right? So you want to have those, uh, those smart TVs Yep. And also, I recommend uh, taking a screenshot, a screenshot of your Wi-Fi speed. If you have fast Wi-Fi, it's better to show than to tell. So, those are a couple of things I, I wanted to add. 
Yeah, well, I very much agree with this, with the smart TVs, and and we have those where they can you know they've got YouTube and Roku and Hulu and Netflix and all that you know built right into the TV, so they can bring their own logins and use their streaming services. That, that's a very good point. And if you want to go the extra mile, offering some charging stations for iPads and iPhones, etc., I think is also very convenient. At least when I arrive at a hotel or an Airbnb and I, I see that charging station where I could just put my iPhone down without having to worry about do I carry the right uh, the right um, you know charger? Do I carry is the socket compatible with what I'm carrying? So that's right. another uh, that's another thing I love personally as a guest. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with more with that as well. We, um, I didn't put it in the list, but we do have uh, several electrical outlets around in various properties that have USB charging built right into the electrical outlet. And um, I stayed at a hotel some time back and they had a really cool little uh, device. It was just, just uh, I find the name of it and send it so you could have it. But uh, basically it's this little pyramid circular looking device that's got six power outlets as well as uh, four USBs and we put those beside the beds and all the bedrooms and that comes in real handy for guests as well. Absolutely. Like people always want to charge their phone while they're sleeping. Let's go to the next point, coffee. <laughs> Absolutely. Got to have coffee. Uh, we, from the very beginning, uh, put uh, Keurig coffee makers in all of our properties and, and there are others. Keurig is, is the one that we just heard the most about and we, uh, we have those there as well as full coffee service. We supply quite a few K-cups and all the sweeteners and creamers and tea bags and uh, wood stirring sticks. And uh, we also put out a few paper to-go cups so that if they wanted to make a coffee and take it out as they can go out and enjoy the city, they could do that too. So uh, coffee is important. One thing that, um, and we've learned from our guests all the time and is interesting and useful and, and good as the Keurig system is, there's still some folks that prefer their traditional drip coffee makers. So as inexpensive as those are, we've started picking up a small Mr. Coffee and putting that in each property so folks have got their choice. And it also serves as a little bit of a redundancy. If something happened to one, they at least have the other. So, uh, so coffee is very important. I agree with that. Yeah, very spot on. I actually have a friend visiting right now, and he doesn't like the espressos from my Nespresso machine. And so he's actually right. gone and, and, and bought a drip coffee maker as well because he yeah. wants to drink the, the bigger cups. Let's see, what's next? Lighting. Lighting, uh, we think that's very important. And uh, both the lighting on the inside as well as the lighting on the outside. Uh, good lighting design, uh, both outside and inside. It makes the place look bright and cheerful and, and welcoming. And putting myself in the guest's position, you know, they're driving to a place that they've probably never been to before. And uh, they're pulling up to a strange house. And the last thing that we want them to do to begin their experience is to be stumbling around in the dark and maybe not being able to, to find the door or find the lock. So we make sure that we have automatic lighting that uh, lights up on the outside. And part of our pre-check procedures before guests arrive is to light up the inside. We turn on all the small table lamps in all the bedrooms and then the kitchen and the living area. We turn on all the lights, the overhead lights. Uh, we've put in extra LED recessed lighting to just make it a bright, beautiful place. And uh, we also turn the TVs on just to let them know that, you know, their, their TV's there. And it also uh, kind of forces us to make sure that there are no problems with the cable and the internet. We check all of that out. So uh, we want them to walk into a, you know, a beautiful, welcoming, lively space and, and lighting is a big part of making that happen. That's an important point that you mentioned 
an Airbnb cleaning is not just cleaning the place, it's also making the space ready for the particular group of guests that you're hosting, right? And there could be some specific things uh, to the group. For example, if the if there's a baby in the group, you might put out a baby cot and there's, you know, there's other customizable options that you want to take into account when you're preparing your house. And I really like this idea of turning on the TVs and just making it bright and lively. And, and uh, at the same time, you can check that all the devices are working. And that's, that's very important as well. If you provide something, it has to work. Absolutely. It's better to not provide it at all than to provide it broken or inoperative. And, and we're, we're pretty fanatical about that as well. And, uh, and speaking of the guest experience, we try to begin that way before they arrive at our property through personal communications. I make it a point to, um, you know, in this world of sending email messages and platform messages and texts back and forth, I always make phone calls to, uh, to try to establish that relationship early, early on, uh, solicit any particular preferences that they may have. It was through one of those calls that I got the idea of uh, somebody actually asked for a drip coffee maker. And I thought, well, you know, if this person asked, probably a lot of people would, would like that. So we, we added that. We asked for a beverage preference. If they'd like a, a bottle of red wine or a bottle of white wine or some craft beers or whatever to welcome them in, we'll have those waiting upon their arrival. So that's, uh, that's another part of, of what we try to do. You touched on a couple of really good points. You know, I always say the, the guest experiences, the guest experience starts at the moment that the booking is confirmed not exactly. at the at the moment that the guest checks in. So I think that's really important, building that relationship beforehand so that the guests really feel that you as a host are on top of your stuff that they can rely on you because that's really important, right? On Airbnb, it's a bit different when you check into a hotel, you're, you're pretty sure that there's a reception, there's people there. Right. Uh, but when you book an Airbnb, you're kind of... Uh, dependent on the host. And so communicating well uh, really helps to make the guests feel comfortable. That is, that's a really good point. Uh, let's see. The one question about the beverages. Uh, I know there's, I've, there's an issue with, uh, with beverages and, and, and underage people like, uh, you know, in, in the U S the, I think the drinking age is 21. Is it? Uh, yes, I believe so. And then that can vary from state to state. That's, that's a state law thing. So that, uh, that, that, Depends. Is, is there any issue with, for example, if you have a group of guests who are under 21 and, you know, you're, you ask them for their favorite beverage and, uh, and so it turns out that uh, they're into craft beers and so you <laughs> provide a bunch of beers and then later it turns out they're under 21 because you can't see the age on Airbnb, right? Right. We have, part of our house rules are that the, the primary guest has got to be 25 years of age or older, so we don't rent to the younger groups. So, um, you know, if anybody younger gets in our property, they've broken the house rule. Understood. I guess that's a, that's a good way to get around that. Hi, my name is Margot, and I'm the CEO of Hostfully. We are on a mission to make local travel a lot better, and we're starting with digital guidebooks to make that happen. Using Hostfully digital guidebooks, which work great on any mobile device, on desktop, and in print, you can share important property information and local recommendations with your guests. You can also save time and create a great guest experience that each traveler will appreciate. Hostfully guidebooks are very fast to make, and we've included some advanced features where you can feature your custom logo, your colors, custom categories, and essentially your brand. Please take a chance to check us out at hostfully.com. Let's see the handwritten notes. I really like that one. 
Yeah, we think that that's very important. Uh, these days, you don't ever see or receive a handwritten note very often. And uh, having the note out, it, it just makes the guests feel welcome. We address them by name, and, and we literally handwrite every note every time. It's not just handwritten once and copied off. So, um, and if we've had some particular point of conversation, I may mention that in the welcome note, um, but we do address them by name. And also, it serves a practical purpose. I've got my phone number posted at numerous places around the property, but I also put it in the note. And uh, if they, they need to call, and of course, we will have spoken multiple times before then, so they probably already have my phone number in their contacts, but I put it there again and just give them that personal welcome to, uh, to really try to get their stay kicked off on a good start. They've walked into a bright, lively space, and um, they see that it looks exactly like the pictures in the listing, and they're personally welcomed, then uh, we believe they're going to get off to a good stay. And even if there is a little glitch along the way and things happen, we've built up hopefully enough goodwill that that'll kind of get them right past that. And whenever something does come up, perhaps a problem with the internet or whatever, we're on it immediately. And um, as a result, we, we tend to keep a pretty happy group of guests like that. One question, how do you provide personal handwritten notes when you're managing uh, the properties remotely in Florida? Well, we have our housekeeper trained up to do that. So it's, it's not always personally my handwriting, but, um, but it is somebody's handwriting that, uh, that provides the note. Understood. One thing I really like as well is that you ask the guests immediately after they book about their plans and the things they would like to see and do so that mm -hmm. you can make suggestions based on that knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, most guests come for a stay with some, some particular set of goals in mind. They know that there's some things that they want to do and see. Uh, they may not know exact specifics, but they might know that uh, yeah, we want to go to the beach or if we're coming to Nashville, we want to see some good live country music. So we sort of try to draw that out during our conversations and uh, make suggestions and, and ask them if they have questions. And that just gets a good dialogue started. And this often, often happens weeks or even months before the stay. So well, we've kind of got this little relationship built before they ever even uh, walk into the door. Right. It's, it kind of goes two ways, right? From the, on the one hand, you yeah. get the information and, and, uh, and also you really show to your guests that you care and you're building that relationship by uh, having more interaction, longer interactions and more interactions. That's right, pretty good. Right, right. Uh, let's see. Next point is always respond to every single review. Mm -hmm. We, we do. And um, I think that's important for a number of reasons. Number one, it's just one more opportunity for us to say thank you to the guest for booking their stay with us and for the kind words that they, um, in just about every case, write in the reviews. And also, if, if we do get, and we have gotten, due to unknown reasons, uh, a guest that uh, left us like a three-star review or something, and uh, we wanted to reply to that as well. And if you only reply where there's an issue or a problem, then when somebody comes and looks at your reviews, they're going to focus in on the ones that had an issue or a problem. But if we reply to all of them, then it makes you know, any issues not stand out quite as much. And it's another way to say thank you. And then if, if there somehow was a mismatch of expectations and, and they didn't feel like they had that five-star experience, anyone looking can see that those guests are in the extreme minority and we've responded graciously and uh, you know offered to uh, to hear back more feedback with them and see if there's some way we could have done a better job to meet their unique needs 
I'm a big proponent of responding to every single review. And I have never thought about what you just brought up. Actually, the fact that if you only respond to the negative reviews, that, that makes them stand out. That's, that's very mm-hmm. true. And yeah. I've, uh, I've seen that many times, actually. And, you know, I've, I think this is something that uh, a lot of people kind of overlook. I see a lot of hosts who are doing really well, who will, like you said, only respond to the negative reviews. And their thinking is, well, if everything was okay, then what's the point of me responding? But I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think it looks really good uh, when you respond to everybody. It takes a, a, a very little time. And, you know, I will say you're responding not to the guest, but you're responding really, you're writing it more for the future guest, right? Sure. And so if right. I look at an Airbnb listing and I see the host responding to every single review, that immediately creates a, a great image of that, that host. Right. I know this host is, is, uh, you know, is, is on top of his hosting business, right? Absolutely. But I, uh, I love what you, the argument that you bring up uh, because it's very true. If you only respond to negative reviews, they will stand out and that's what people will focus on for sure. The next point is we don't sweat the small stuff. This is also a really important point. Yes, it's true that when you have this many people coming through properties and, um, you know, they're coming in to have fun and rushing around doing this and that, the occasional wine glass may get broken. The occasional towel may get a makeup stain. They're could be just little issues like that. And I look at a lot of the, the online groups where hosts congregate and, and I see folks just uh, commiserating over these little small issues. And uh, that's just nothing. Those are trivial issues. Those guests have paid a lot of money to come and stay. And if we have to replace some little small items, that's just a cost of doing business. So we never uh, try to chase a guest down for 20 bucks to, to buy another set of sheets or towels or whatever it may be. That's just, just goes right on by. It's a cost of doing business. And uh, I think uh, no guest is going to want to get that phone call. So we're not going to make it. Absolutely. And, you know, I've also had a lot of guests who would just leave some money at the table, even though I'd, I wouldn't ask for it. Uh, but they would send me a message and say, hey, I accidentally broke uh, a glass or, or something else uh, small. And I, I would tell them like, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, like you said, it's cost of the, doing business, but then they would still leave uh, a couple couple euros on the table to replace it or they would go out and buy a new one actually that's that's right. happened a lot as well yeah we've had a couple of those and, and another one that kind of goes back to the technology and entertainment we've had a, a few folks that have done pay-per-view we don't block it if they want to do pay-per-view um, you know it, it, it has not been a problem and in just every case that it's happened they have uh, asked me you know can I leave money on the table or can I send you a PayPal or a Venmo or whatever? And, um, you know, most of the time we just say, no, we're, we're glad you were able to enjoy. And, uh, that's just another little perk that, that we can offer that I think fosters goodwill. The next point is to respond very quickly to every single inquiry booking or question. Yes, absolutely. That drives the uh, performance metrics on the, on the platforms that we list on. Uh, it's, it's easy to do. Um, you know, it's right there on your smartphone and there's no reason not to go ahead and uh, reply to a guest. There might be situations where I'm about to uh, go from point A to point B and I don't have time to answer all their questions, but at least I'll respond and thank them for their inquiry or for their booking as the case may be. Let them know that I'm about to get in my vehicle and uh, go for a short uh, drive across town. But as soon as I get back to my keyboard, I'll reply fully and completely. 
and uh, that just begins that that good relationship that we talk about so that they know if they want to get in touch with me they're going to get something back right away and it's not going to be half a day or a day before they hear back and hopefully that also sends the message that if there's an issue during their stay I'm going to get back with them quickly about that as well so you're saying you aim to respond in less than five minutes so how do you do that when you're asleep um, well, typically most of our guests come from North America and uh, they're usually sleeping when I'm sleeping. So that hasn't been much of a problem, but, uh, but I do leave the phone on vibrate and, uh, and, uh, and I'm with a low tone so that uh, I won't wake Ellen up. But uh, there have been quite a few occasions where an inquiry or a question has come in late at night and um, I go ahead and reply to it. It doesn't happen often enough that it's a problem, but, uh, but I do try to get on that as well. Have you ever considered using an automated messaging system? I don't have, um, but so far it's not been enough of an issue to, to really have to, to make any changes to what we're doing. And again, I like that personal touch and to be able to either speak with them personally or reply to them personally rather than an answering service, basically just acknowledging their inquiry and then somebody else is going to have to get back with them later. So I'd, I'd rather go ahead and handle it right away. Understood. Let's see what else he built a relationship. We've talked about that. Um, the next point is we can't, we realize we can't make everybody happy all of the time. So basically how, how do you deal with uh, the rare occasions that the guests are either unreasonable or just really difficult to please? Well, fortunately, it doesn't happen often enough that uh, it really gets on my radar screen too much, but we've just learned that you just have to let it go. Uh, we look at our high percentage of five-star reviews and the wonderful words that our guests write in their online reviews and in our guest book, and we realize that sometimes there's going to be somebody that comes through, and, and usually it's somebody that has not stayed at a vacation rental before, and somehow there's a mismatch between what they thought their experience was going to be and what their experience was. And we acknowledge that it could have nothing to do with us or our property. They could have gotten in a quarrel with their spouse or the weather could have been bad or any number of things. So we, we try to respond or we do respond graciously and thank them for their stay and uh, um, ask them you know, to, to be in touch if they'd like to discuss whatever the issue was further. But fortunately, there's been maybe three of those in, in all of the hosting that we've done. Yeah. And I think having a bad review every now and then, if it's very occasional, it, it really doesn't hurt your reputation because people know that there's always somebody yeah. who will complain. Right. I think everyone's aware of that. Also, if you look at review scores, you know, over, over the entire internet, I'm talking about, you know, apps like booking.com and Airbnb, right. but also Foursquare for like restaurants, for example, Yelp. Um, and you look at all the, the ratings, you know, it, a really good rating is like, like an eight and a half and nine, yeah. and nine and right. a half. But I mean, how often do you see a 10? You really never do. And at some level now, Ellen's going to disagree with me on this, but I think the occasional little bump in the five-star reviews actually makes it look more real. And uh, I just wonder if some guests see, you know, five-star, 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 and all there are are five stars. They may wonder, is this, is this been uh, somebody gaming the system here? But if they see, you know, a four-star or a three-star, very, very rarely, I, I, I don't think it hurts. And in some ways, I think it makes you more real. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I actually agree with you. And if I see a flawless 
review or a flawless uh, number rating or whatever, if I can't find anything negative, then like you said, I, I almost start downing it subconsciously. But I'm also wondering, you know, it's impossible to please everybody. And I know that I have a different taste than some people. So if I see a restaurant that has like a, a 10.0, then I'm just thinking, well, how is that possible? Because right. there's got to be somebody who doesn't like the food there. So, um, so I think, I think you're right. I mean, if it's, if it's really like a small percentage, then I think it, it can be maybe even a good thing. Um, but more importantly, it gives you the opportunity to respond to the negative review in a non-offensive right. way. And that can really show that you're professional and that you're, you know, you're, if you're emphasizing that you're going to try everything you can to, to solve the, you know, the issues in the future, because again, you're writing the response to the review to future guests. And so right. it, I would almost say it's a good thing just to have like one negative review so you can show like, hey, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going right. to be defensive. I'm going to stay professional. Just, mm-hmm. you know, apologize that you didn't have the great experience as you expected. Uh, I, you know, I, I'll do anything I can to, to resolve these these issues and uh, we hope you can come back in again or some, something like that. If you respond that way, that shows a lot. That tells a lot about you as a host, right? Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And that's exactly what we do. We had an interesting uh, one. Uh, I think this, this was a guest that I actually met in person as they were leaving. And we had just this wonderful chat and they were telling me uh, how much they enjoyed their stay and how great the location was. And they'd like to come back sometime. And, um, and then I see the review and it's a three-star review. Uh, but the words were nice place. And, um, and we generally call and uh, talk to guests after their stay as well, just to invite them back. And, uh, and I asked him about that. And he said, well, you know, I've got my own unique review star system. And uh, based on the amenities, you know, uh, if this were, uh, uh, I'm using his words here and it's kind of funny. He said, if, if, if this were a tent on the side of the road, I would have given you a one star. If it were the Ritz Carlton, I would give you a five star. You've got this beautiful little Florida cottage that's somewhere in between that. So I'm going to give you three stars. So sometimes you just have to scratch your head and, and go figure. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's so true. But the most important thing, like you said, let it go. Don't Absolutely. worry about it. It's not going to destroy Absolutely. your business. Can't make everybody happy in life. Right. Awesome. Well, that was a lot of great content. Um, I think we've gotten to the end of the list. Are there anything, anything else that comes to mind that you want to share? Well, uh, just that we really enjoy what we do. And, and uh, when I started this, I really didn't have much of knowledge about hospitality. I knew more about real estate and renovations and our, our goal was to kind of be able to own and operate nicer properties. But as I got into it, um, Ellen and I both really became captivated by the hospitality aspect of it and uh, being able to deliver an experience that, uh, that hopefully will be a lifetime of memories. We, we've had places, uh, we've had bookings where there were four generations of the family all came together at our place and, and folks have come for weddings and for all sorts of wonderful things. And uh, they, uh, in some cases, kind of recount their experience and the notes that they leave in our guest book. And that really just causes us to get up and do it again every day because we really like it when folks have those great experiences. And, and it's, uh, it's really sort of uh, kind of restored my faith in humanity, I guess. We've had such wonderful guests. You know, when we first started this, we were curious, are, are they going to damage our property? Or are they going to steal things? And that's absolutely not been the case. And uh, I've just been 
blown away with uh, the quality of the people that come and uh, we just just haven't had the problems um, maybe it's because of the the screening or the locations you know we're not in big party areas but uh, but it's just been a great experience and and uh, we have a great time doing it that's awesome to hear man really good to hear you. you're so passionate about this and uh, definitely you know our minds are always kind of program to look for the things that can go wrong and so when people start airbnb hosting they're typically a little bit uh, apprehensive about inviting random strangers from the internet into their homes and it's always good to see that you know most uh, most hosts have great experiences and all the all those disasters that they were expecting you know, often didn't happen at all or, or something small happens every, every now and then and occasionally. And right. um, so that's, that's always really good to hear. Awesome, John. Do you want to let people know how they can find you? Because, of course, uh, it's very clear that you know what you're doing. So I'm sure a lot of people listening are dying to check out your listings and maybe learn a couple of things from that as well. Absolutely. They can visit our website. It's simply stayinthesouth.com. No, no dashes or anything, just stay in the south.com. And uh, our contact info is on the contact page of the website. So I'd be glad to hear from anyone that uh, might be a listener to the podcast. If there are questions we can answer, if we can uh, share anything that uh, we've done that's worked well, we'd love to do it. So yes, absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience. I think we've covered a lot of important things. And any final word before final words before we close this down? Well, just a big thank you for the opportunity to to be on your podcast, uh, Jasper. As you and I chatted earlier, I've listened to it since almost the beginning of our hosting journey, and it's been a real delight to uh, to, to find myself as a guest on the show. And I never would have thought that would happen. So, thank you for that. You are very welcome. That's great to hear. So thank you very much, John Oden, and your wife, Ellen, as well. As uh, you have mentioned several times, uh, she gets she needs to get a lot of credit as well for your success. It's, Absolutely. It's a, it's a team, teamwork, isn't it? Indeed it is. Could not do it without her. We each kind of have our strengths, and uh, we each have our roles, and uh, very much a team effort, and uh, it could not be otherwise. That's great to hear. Well, thank you so much. And thanks to the listeners as well for listening. And of course, next Wednesday, we'll be back with another episode. So I hope to see you then. Goodbye.